Forget your former managers, ignore the ex-pros. As football fans, we all know the real experts drink in pubs. It's funny, it's argumentative, and often it's just plain wrong. Welcome to the Foss Arms Public House and welcome to the Leicester City Pubcast. Hello everyone, welcome to the award-winning Leicester City Pubcast, home of the FA Cup holders. And tonight, once again, it's a table for two in the Foss Arms for myself, Tim, and my good friend, Killer. Good evening. Good evening, Tim. So I actually watched the game with Norm Killer at the weekend, sat, sat together, but uh, he's sitting out tonight, and unless the commitment he's got finishes a bit early, so th there is a chance that he pulls up a pew in due course, but we're going to assume tonight it's just me and thee. And just before we come on and talk about Chelsea, I just want to say to the listeners, we had huge numbers of listeners last week. Thank you ever so much for putting up with the really poor technical quality of the, the podcast last week. We know what's happening. Uh, we it, it is out of our hands and we're just getting to the point where we are reviewing whether we persevere in this format and ask you just to, to put up with it or whether or not we, we do something slightly more drastic in terms of uh, changing things around a bit. But we'll be here in some format or another. Watch this space and, and thanks for bearing with us for the moment. But Killer, Chelsea, oh dear... Oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, if you thought the sound quality of our podcast was rather poor last <laughs> week, then I can assure you it was with the the quality of the of the Chelsea match, and I'm sure 99.99% of our listeners would have watched it in one format or the other. There's not often Tim where you go and watch a, a Leicester City game, especially in this day and age, where we're actually not a bad side and we're playing at home. And at 3-0 down, you're hanging on for dear life, thinking to yourself, just how much more can we put off, put up with this? It was disallowed goal after this. <laughs> Frankly, if it had been 6-0, I don't think we could have had any complaints. We yep. are a team in disarray. And football team, it's happening to us. You might recall last season, Liverpool, who were obviously an exceptionally good team, they went for a spell where they well, they just couldn't win a match. We're just going through that spell at the minute where so many key players are out of form. We've got a manager. Don't want to be too harsh on Brendan Rodgers because we know how successful, but I'm scratching my head at his tactics in terms of who he's picking, playing three up top against teams with world-class midfielders. And, of course, we had the uh, the inevitable set-piece goal to kick things off. Top to bottom, from 12.30 till about 2.35, it was a veritable disaster, wasn't it? It was a disaster. And, in fact, we, we enjoyed a, a pint or two in the Foss Arms straight after the game, didn't we? And um, another mate of ours who, who, who was there said quite amusingly that... Uh, well, after 60 seconds, he knew the game was dead and buried, which is when Chilwell hit the bar. And, and I'll tell you what, he should have scored. But, but yeah. I, I, knew, I knew exactly what he meant. You just thought, blimey, Chilwell of all people has got through after, after 60 seconds. Can't believe he's missed it. Thank goodness that he has. But that was an omen, wasn't it? I'll tell you what, on on the first goal, we, we talk, we've talked a, bit, a little bit about the, the last couple of weeks, haven't we, about this. Let's be honest, shambolic marking at set pieces. So the, the, the zonal stuff in the six-yard box, the man-to-man -man outside that. I'm telling you, because you weren't sitting with us, 
No, I was sitting next to Norm. The ball went out for that corner and Chilwell jogged over to go and get it. Yeah. I said 1-0. Yeah. Norm said Rudiger. Now, that, that, that's while, while Chilwell was still jogging over towards, towards the flag, we knew, both of us independently knew exactly what was going to happen. Sure enough, Rudiger, by that, he was standing on the uh, on the goal line itself. Chilwell, by the time he got around to swinging it over, he, he strolled, strolled out. I'm, 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 I'm exaggerating for effect slightly. He lightly jogged out and headed it over Schmeichel and into the corner. I mean, honestly, with everything we've seen over these weeks with set pieces, it, in many ways, it was, it was the very worst example because he's done it to us before in that same goal. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was a, it was carbon copy, wasn't it? The, of the, of the Gabriel goal against against Arsenal. We've, we've, we've got a massive problem and here is Brendan Rodgers for the first time he, he, he did identify afterwards, thankfully. But kind of suggested that the problem isn't the marking system if the defenders and that really sort of like <laughs> wor wor worries, worries me a great deal. Bring, bring Steve Walsh back. But, <laughs> you, you know, obviously but but what certainly doesn't help if if you go through the team, Tim, we have had twelve years of just having one of the best, well, the best goalkeeper in the history of Leicester City. There's no doubt about that. But not just that, I would say one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. And Kasper Michael, right here, right now, is on horrific form. You know, he just just looks a sh really a shadow of the goalkeeper that he is. Normally, and and that doesn't help because even in the past, where we've had issues with the back line, you've always had a really, really solid goalkeeper. I think a back line now, which is which is questionable in terms of its set piece defender, now with an iffy goalkeeper, like you say, so well, somebody turned around to, to before before the Chelsea match, after the Arsenal match, and said, "Concede a corner, it's it's almost a penalty." Yeah, yeah, it is. I wouldn't be pointing the finger too much at Schmeichel, though, myself. I mean, I, there's there's a couple of things with him. I, th I think his his distribution isn't as good as it used to be. I, I think we could probably all agree on that. Having said that, and I've had this conversation with Norm on numerous occasions, it's a shame he's not here, actually. I, I think his distribution is still a massively important weapon for us when he does get it right. So there's that element. He, he did, by the way, pull off a bit of a worldie um, in the second half. Where where yep. he tip one tip one round, so he's still pulling off those those world class saves. Where, where are you coming from? Because the the where where, I, where the big glaring issue with Schmeichel has been his his lack of coming for crosses. But to be fair, if you if you're a defender and you know your goalkeeper never ever comes for crosses, then you that's fine. You understand you might prefer that he did, but he isn't going to. So and you know defend him a bit because. He's playing in front of this Keystone Cops defence. But the, the modern keeper, you know, the, one of their, their their key attributes has to be their distribution. Now, now we had that horrific scenario in the first first half where he's just literally kicked the ball. It's got intercepted. Should have, you know, should have been three 0 I think it was, and game over. Two or three times, he's like he's like chipping the ball to Daniel Amati. For Daniel Lamar, it's like, yeah. what are you doing? And, and you know, the thing is, don't chip a ball into a... 
ball, the, the defender or whoever you're chipping it to has to control it. If all he can do is defend it and you, you are in the last, you are still in your first third of the pitch, you're asking for trouble. It's on Kasper Schmeichel like. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with his shot stopping. But the way that Leicester City play, we play out for the back. We're so reliant on him being a really good footballer. That when he's not, and he just isn't, I just don't think he's, I just don't think he's anywhere near as good as he could be in terms of his distribution. I think, I think it's it's almost the root cause of some of the anxiety. He gets it now all of a sudden for the first time. I can remember since he's been at the club, people are getting anxious when he's got the ball at his feet. What's he going to do? A Martin, there's a bit of anxiety and stuff. Straight the way now, that's kind of like two pretty significant players when you're playing out for the bat that you're feeling anxious about when they get the ball. <laughs> and it's just it's just not great, is it? But, you know, maybe we need to shift it away from them because because let's be honest, there's, there's plenty of other people to have a pop about. Let's let's start with what well, let's start with the decline of Samari, shall we, in midfield, because I thought he had a nightmare, Tim. What did you think? Yeah, I I thought he had a poor game. I mean, I was dis I mean, I I was disappointed and confused with the with the team selection. And I mean, I know we're playing Chelsea. I I tipped them before the season. I I, I haven't seen anything to change my mind. I, I I think they'll win the league. By the way, three fantastic teams in the league this year. But yeah, I exactly. suspect they'll win the league. I mean, they've played the last however many games without Lukaku in the previous. Half a dozen, I don't think he'd scored, or maybe one goal. So they're effect- they've effectively got Lukaku to come back into this lot. And they're so interchangeable as a team. So I understand that that is as good a team as you're going to play, and therefore you potentially go a bit more defensively. But if we're going to come on and, you know, look at the, the weekly Madison angle, as we as we unfortunately have to do every week, then, then for me... Not when we heard the news that Tielemans wasn't going to be playing for a few weeks, I was obviously devastated, like I'm sure every Leicester fan. But at least I thought, you know what, Madison's shown a couple of sparks here and there. I don't think he's worth his place at the moment, but this is going to give him a run and it might just give him the confidence. He's going to play every game. We're not going to leave Tielemans out and not play Madison. Lo and behold, he plays Samari alongside Ndidi. And A, that is massively negative, although I do understand that, that he had the two wingers on the go. But B, I mean, you know, I, I just come back to Samari is, is I think, a decent squad player and, and no more than that, and certainly nowhere near NDD. And he did have a very, very poor game, didn't he? He had a poor game. I think it, I think it demonstrated an imbalance of the squad. I, I, I've never been a massive fan of Dennis Pratt. And I know, and I know there's plenty that rate him. But one thing is for certain, the second we put him out on loan, this team then lost a ball-playing midfielder. And the problem to some extent was when Yuri T and like you say, for explicable reason, Madison wasn't playing. I just look, I'm not going to sound like a hindsight merchant. This is how it went. I was walking to the game with a good pal of mine and, and we were both trying to be I call 2-2, two, two. he's called one all. He's then got a bleep on his phone with a tweet. He then reads the reads the team out, and I just looked at him and went, 3 1. We're gonna lose. We will not yeah. win with that. With that. Now, now I'm not saying I'm not saying the outcome would have been different, 
if we definitely played a more solid midfield, we played a guy in there that can actually play football because we didn't have a footballer in there. That was the problem. To me, we had Indeedy that does a you know a brilliant world class job, and we almost had Indeedy's little half brother, who's just nowhere near as good, and he just looked like he was chasing shadows for the whole game. Looked yeah. if if the truth be known, looked out of his looked out of his his his, his level, and then. And then what gets worse, and we'll come on to Barnes in a minute, but what, what comes worse is is when we kind of pre-season, everybody was in the Dewsbury Hall camp. Everybody was in the camp that says, this guy has been a wonder kid at Luton. They've raved about him. Now the time's come to bring him through to the first team. And we're just at that point now where you've almost got to shrug your shoulders and say, if he's ever going to be ready... One thing's for certain, he isn't ready now. He's looking like a Tom Lawrence to me, Tim. Mm. In truth. Yeah. He looks like a guy that will never quite be up for this for, for this level of football. He came on, I felt sorry for the kid, and he's not actually a kid, but I do, I felt sorry for the boy. He just looked like it was for him. And I've, you know, I'm sure we've all played football at some stage in our lives, whatever level, but you play it at something, I'm sure most people played at a level that, that that is a bit foreign to you and you just end up looking stupid. And I've got to say, very clever at all. And Brendan Rogers may very well look at that and go, well, okay, he's probably not the answer. So, okay. So, so, so now we, who is, who is that footballer? Well, I think the truth is, mate, we're going to in January, open the checkbook and get a good quality mid. Otherwise, the second half of the season could be as dark as the first. Well, yeah, I mean, it be, the question becomes how, how dark can things get? But I, I, there's, look, there's no point. I wouldn't judge him, you know, too harshly yet. I, I've, I've, for me, I've got him a bit in the Luke Thomas camp. I haven't seen anything from him yet that, that I find exciting at all. Um, and, and I think we talked about Luke Thomas going on loan in it, you know, in an ideal world, he'd go go on loan at as more senior level than Luton, maybe. But I, I mean, look, after that game, let's be honest, killer flipping Johnny Evans for the for the Kante goal. Kante comes running on. He can, right, Johnny, when are you going to step out, mate, and get him? When are you going to step, Johnny? It's too late. The ball's in the back of the net. He's just run at you for twenty yards. Yeah, so, possibly, I mean, possibly this is our most reliable. You know, many would say arguably our best player in many ways. So, I mean, the, the, there's no point you know, necessarily digging out particular individuals for this game. But on the basis that you could throw this at anyone, you could certainly throw it at Madison. By the way, Madison came on. His very first challenge he pulled out of. It, it was a sort of a yeah, ball yeah. round it, well, he, was out, he, he, he was pulling out challenges all game, in truth. Yeah. And, and the guy that I sat next to just turned around and said, he has to be injured. Now, now of course, he's never been... A- Player. He's never never going to be a guy that you're necessarily going to want in your in your trenches. But he did look like to me that he was injured. Now, now the the, the I then heard was this injury's not gone. And then you when you look at him and you go that I don't know something in that. I hope I hope that that is true because because he was pulling out of challenges left, right, and centre. He looked like he didn't want to know. But the reality of it is, Tim, if he's not fit. Then no point bringing the boy on. You just 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 rest him. Well, you don't want to. I mean, really, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of understand. You know, there's the sort of macho, and I suppose tactical element of not not admitting that you're playing an injured player. But the problem is, 
if you don't, I mean, if he is injured and he's, let's be honest, there's a little bit of that with Harry Maguire when he came back and we turned him inside out. He was yeah. clearly injured. And you're in those sort of situations, I suppose if Madison's injured, you you want to say fair play to the guy. But unfortunately, we don't know that he is injured. And so, and so clearly fans are just going to say, hold on, this guy's on thousands. He's, he's, he's got some question marks about his character anyway over the last year. There's a couple of things that he hasn't been particularly sensible about by all accounts. Yeah. And, and he's pulling out of challenges and making no contribution for the fantastic player that he is. So until, the, you know, what, what you would really want is for the club to come out and say he's injured, but we're having to play him. But I suppose it maybe does come back to, I don't know, we're not going to spend 50 or 60 million on the player. Because the way I'm looking at it, Killer, to be honest, I, I was thinking a bit about the midfield and I'm starting to, Assuming Madison is not injured, I am starting to lose a bit of faith with him. I, I know he needs another run in, in the team, but this has been a problem now for, for getting on for a year. And I, I think in a heart of hearts, we know Tielemans is going in the summer, barring a be wonderful if he signed a new contract. But even if he did, it doesn't mean he's not going. I think we know he's going. Yeah, I'm at the moment in the camp of the, the, this squad is starting to look like, you know, you've, you've got a couple of players who haven't proven themselves. You've got, you've got Dewsbury Hall, you've got Luke Thomas, who are getting games here and there. You've got Tielemans, who will probably go. You've got Madison, who's not really at it. You've got, frankly, Ian Acho, who's really playing quite well, but can't quite seem to fit in the team. I think, you know, my thought, having considered the weekend a bit, I think we may be heading towards some form of, albeit mini, but some sort of revamp over the summer. Hate to say it, with or without Brendan, uh, depending on, uh, on on what happens at Old Trafford. Well, we, and, and we'll come on to that for a second. But the one, one point you did raise, and 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 I think I think we've got to go back to it is Ian Acho. I mean, he must be looking at that Leicester team at the minute and that first half performance where you've got Samaris running around like headless chicken, getting nowhere, doing nothing. He then must look at Harvey Barnes, who's absolutely anonymous. Uh, once again, and he's having a, such a disappointing season. Madison then comes on. I, I, ju- I just wonder at what point that it, I said this to the guy next to me again. At what point, if you're in at you, are you actually just going to run out of patience? You're just going to walk into the manager's office and go, "I want out. I want out. This is a this is a misfiring Leicester City team. I have got an unbelievable goal scoring record, an unbelievable assist record, an unbelievable record playing with Jamie Vardy." I get the fact you don't always like putting the turvers up top, but if you're going to play three up top, surely actually shouldn't you play two? Well, also, if we're talking about personnel, poor old Luckman, I thought, was one of our couple of half-decent players in the first half. I didn't think he did a lot wrong at all. And then, we, I mean, Barnes had a poor first half. I can understand him getting hooked, but I thought Luckman had a, a really reasonable half, and I couldn't understand, you know, on the basis that Brendan's put those two on very clearly, you know, it's almost a statement putting those two on and leaving Madison and Ian Acho out. Lutman yep. pretty much did what he was asked, didn't he, against a against a difficult team. And then he's, he's taken him off. 3-0 down, the game's lost. You know, you've got our absolute talisman, Vardy, who we know, you know, he, he's getting on a bit. Would, would Dakar not have thought he could get a game? A few more minutes? Um... Yeah, po- possibly. I, I think the whole thing needs re-looking at, top to bottom. We, we were pl- I don't mind playing three at the back when you've got big injuries and you've got two of your stellar centre-backs aren't playing. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. But we've actually now got Evans and Sionchu back. 
All right. So is there an argument to say, just go back, just go back to four at the back. And then actually, if you're starting to think about four across the midfield, Lookman could be one side as, as a winger. You can have Mark or Brighton as the other. Potentially, you could have had Ndidi and Madison. You could have had Ian Atchew and Vardy. I'm not saying, obviously, we might very well have got spanked. We might very well have got ripped apart. But we did anyway. We did yeah. anyway with an inferior to that. And I, I don't know. For, for, for me now, you've got to get to that point of, okay, looking at the players that are playing well, Barnes is not worth his place. I don't think there'd be anybody would disagree with that. Barnes is not worth his place. Ian Atchew is worth his. Lookman is worth his. You have to find a system to put at least your form players in. Otherwise, we're going to be back to bringing Perez back just because you've got Oof. nobody else. And it's and then, and then it's starting to... i tell you what it's starting to feel a little bit like, Tim. It's starting to feel a bit desperate. It's starting to feel like, we'll do it this way, or it's not working, we'll go the other way then. And let's be honest, he made, he made wholesale changes at half-time. He changed the formation. Nothing changed. I think for about mm. the... Ten minutes, we looked okay. Then they just absolutely killed us again. And I know they're a brilliant side, etc., etc. But let's not forget, we finished fifth. We shouldn't be getting mauled by these teams. We should be competing against them. And if they pop you by the old goal, you shrug your shoulders and go, "Well, yeah, they've spent a billion quid on their their squad, and we haven't spent that anywhere, you know, anywhere near that amount." But let's be honest, it felt like an FA Cup third round when we used to be in the Championship. And you get a bit excited about it and you go down and they just tear you off and you walk away going, oh, blimey, you know, me, you know, men against boys. And that's what everybody was, was saying in the pub afterwards, men against boys. And you think to yourself, can't be right, though, can it? I thought we were better. I thought we were better than boys now. Mm. God, this is a serious show tonight, isn't it? We, we've not had a we've not had a lighthearted moment. No, it, I tell you what, it would have been. What would have been talking the about the quality moment? of the performance? <laughs> <laughs> what would have been the lighthearted moment if Amarty's twenty-five-yard screamer had gone in the top <laughs> corner? That would have been worth no, getting done one six. So. Yeah. But no, yeah. you, you're quite right. I mean, a team of our ability, even with the injuries we've got, shouldn't be losing that. And, and, and let's be honest, killer. I said at the start, six-nil was a closer reflection than three-nil. Be under no illusions, yeah. anyone. What about Bre and Brendan? By the way. He's had a pop, hasn't he? He's, he's made reference to the booing at half-time and full-time. Got to say, I didn't boo. Didn't didn't want to boo. Didn't I didn't not want to boo. I, I didn't feel... I, I, I recognised the, the quality of the opposition. I thought it was pretty poor. But I'm also got in the back of my mind, you know, these are halcyon days for Leicester. I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm still on that tipping point of somewhere we need to be massively grateful... And the other part of me saying, yeah, but you don't let fifth best team in the company, in the country just slip away and become crap again. And I keep getting caught between those two things. But I, I didn't want to boo. I, I absolutely do get the fans that booed. I think there were, there were plenty of reasons to boo. And this is twice now, Brendan's mentioned, and the fans booed at halftime and at full time. It, it's obviously really irking him, isn't it? And then... Um, yeah. Then Solskjaer gets fired. He has been linked with, with the job quite heavily. And then as soon as Solskjaer gets fired, it appears he's not getting linked with the job at all anymore. Well, it does, it does seem like Sky Sports have got um, a very good mole in that Manchester United camp because that th th they got tipped off that Oli wasn't going to get sacked after the Liverpool game when everybody thought that he was going to, and they were right. They got tipped off that he was going straight after the Watford game, and, and they were correct. And it seems to be coming out now 
that it's their number one target is Pochettino, obviously with um, the Amsterdam coach as as the second. Brendan Rodgers doesn't seem at this stage to be in the conversation. I think the other significant thing is that they have said that they're going to appoint an interim. And whilst I think on the on the face of it, that appears the wrong thing to do, it suggests to me that a deal probably has been done for somebody, but that that manager isn't coming until next season. And but, but that wouldn't, being wouldn't, the case, that, wouldn't that fit Brendan, right? That would fit the Brendan. Well, I don't think yeah, he the, didn't the, hang around at Celtic, did he? And he didn't hang. <laughs> so, so oh, no, I don't. I don't think that's a no. I, 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 I think, I think it's Pochettino. Look, okay, let's flip it the other way with Brendan Rodgers. I've used this phrase a lot on this show: stock value. What is the what is a manager's stock value? Brendan Rodgers' yeah. stock value when we win the when we come fifth for the second year running, we win the FA Cup. The practically the next competitive game after that, we beat Manchester City, arguably the best team in world football, and win the Community Shield. Stock value, absolute rocket. You know what I mean? He's probably at about ninety eight percent of a manager's stock value. What is it now? This is a this is a manager now that if you're on the Manchester United board, you get you would turn around and go. Doesn't know his best team. Doesn't know what formation to play. He's got. It looks like it's an ailing Leicester City team. It looks like there's been a couple of dodgy signings made in the summer. Those two, namely those two guys, guys coming in from Southampton. What? Why would we want to get a manager in that isn't on an upward curve? Why would we want one that's on a downward? And at the minute with Brendan Rodgers, you know. <laughs> I don't want to be too dramatic about this, Tim, but this season appears to me to be turning into a little bit of a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> I think that would be a harsh assessment of him because, you know, the, the, the flip side of this argument, I think a lot of neutrals would look at it and say two fifth place finishes, FA Cup and guys get a grip. I think I'm right in saying it, Killer. You might, you might correct me. I believe only Klopp and Guardiola have done more than three years at their clubs. So he's probably the third longest serving. You know, I think a lot of people... Now, we probably would say, hold on a minute. I still look at our squad, and I would say that we need those injuries back. I still think we've got the fifth best, best squad. I, re I really do. I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't think West Ham's squad's as good as ours. I don't think Arsenal's squad's anywhere near us. Wolves are six. I don't think their squad is anywhere near us. I don't think Spurs' squad is anywhere near us. So... But, you know, I, I would forget, you know, at the end of this season, I'd forgive him a season of drop-off, frankly, because, you know, maybe the two, that's what I was alluding to earlier, maybe maybe we, we need to regenerate over, this, over the um, summer and go again. So, uh, you know, but it, it would be fascinating if, if the outside observers are looking at him and saying, no, his, his, his stock's now gone sort of six months after winning the FA Cup with Leicester. But to support your point, if we lose to Watford this weekend... And other results go against us. We could be two places off the relegation zone. Yeah, we could do. But I mean, by the same token, when you look at the league, it's ridiculously close. I mean, Manchester United obviously haven't had a great season. We're only two points behind them. You know, so the, the flip the flip side is three points this way, three points that way. Obviously, if we were to beat Watford, it does look it does look different. I'll just quickly go back to the Brendan Rodgers point. I think if I was a Manchester United fan now, the big issue that you've got is you look at, you, you're quite right at the top of the programme, Tim. We've got three 
outstanding clubs in this league. And have you noticed all three of them an outstanding coach? Klopp, Guardiola, Thomas Tuchel. There is an argument to say potentially they've got three of the best five coaches in world football. I think, I still think, I mean, if you're Manchester United, you must be shaking your head going, what's Conte doing at Spurs? I suppose my question is, is is Brendan Rodgers in elite group of coaches right here, right now? I'd have to say, I don't think he is. Yeah, I mean, we could have a debate about whether Man U are in that elite group of teams anymore, but that's 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 for them, and, and we're not, certainly not bothered about that one way or the other. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's looking, uh, it, it is looking less likely, and I wonder how he feels about that, by the way. He's getting a bit of stick off our fans. It's not going very well. He's got, you know, probably a bit of dissent in the camp. You mentioned people knocking on his door, maybe not happy that they're not getting a game, and, you know, the, the escape route, and I... I, I I'm not saying he would want to escape from Leicester by any means, but the, the logical career steps, you know, put it like this, if he if he isn't going to get the Man U job, he certainly ain't going to get the Man City job. And maybe that's good for us, that he, that, he, that we get to keep him a bit longer. I certainly hope so. Um, yeah, possibly. What, what Brendan Rodgers has to accept, look, booing. I didn't boo either. The reason I didn't boo is because, because you and I have both watched teams that were worthy of boos. You know, because they were <laughs> simply... Simply horrific, were you know poorly coached, poorly managed, and and you know there was times where we had some very very dark days, and we, we were way way off that. But having said that, to some extent with Brendan Rodgers, I think you've got to take your medicine a yeah. little bit here, and he just yeah. has to, he has to understand that you know there's people on the ground that paid very very good money, yeah, and you know we made a big to get down there, and once again for the second home game running, we didn't compete at all yeah. in that first half. And um, he's got to take it. And I, and I think to some extent, he's got to take a, a bit of responsibility for that and understand that people, I think a lot of the booing was because it felt same old, same old, the set piece yeah. goal, the sort of the, 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 the really slow start, you know, and you just look at it. I watched the Spurs game yesterday and I watched, I watched content half time Spurs and God only knows what he said to them because they came out in the second yeah. half. But they, they, they were they were a mirror image of him. Did you see him? This guy yeah. literally just waving, getting the crowd going and stuff. Now, we don't get that from Brendan Rodgers. And of course, different managers operate in different ways. But one thing's for certain is there is a distinct of real high drive motivation because we've had two lunchtime kickoffs so you know you're going to get the slightly the slightly sleepier King Power crowd. That's that's part of the twelve thirty kickoff. Get over it because people haven't had ten pints of Stella or whatever. Trump Wales killer. Surely Trump Wales. Trump Wales IPA. But that's then for your manager and your coaching staff to get everybody whipped up and get on the pitch and get playing, rather than find yourself two 0 down after twenty minutes again, all looking at each other, going, "Who's to blame for this?" It's got to be better, mate. It has to be better. Well, given that we've been on a downer for so long, I'm now going to take you even lower. Are you ready for this? So I was sitting there at half time, and Norm had gone off to get a pie or something, whatever it was, probably two pies, three pies. And uh, so I got chatting to the guy next to me, lovely young guy. And he then, he then hit me with this bomb that being professional presenters killer that as we are, we really ought to have been aware of this, and I wasn't. Apparently, if you finish third in the Europa League, you go into that 
Europa Conference catastrophe. Well, brilliant. So, and so the guy next to me he said, he said, we need, if we're not going to get out of this, and he, he was pretty convinced we're not going to get, he said, we desperately need to finish fourth. So I thought I'll make up for my appalling lack of knowledge by researching this conference league a little bit. And who's, so these are the, t- some of, I'm going to say some words to you. These are, these are teams that are currently playing in that, their competition. Are you ready? Mm. Alashkurt, Omanoya. Please to support them. Please to support them. Mm. Anorthosis, Jablonek. Yeah. Very, very, very good forward. In terms of level, Lincoln Red Imps, fair play to them. Oh, yeah. K- Kyrat, Bodo Glimped. Yeah, very and, good and, goalkeeper. And, and, uh, and Murrah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, so I, frenetic. I, I've been frankly dreading us finishing because I, I thought, oh, okay, we're not going to finish top four. Could we still finish fifth? Maybe, maybe, maybe we've got to start to set our sights a bit lower each week. The one thing we don't want to be in next season is that god awful creation that someone in UEFA dreamt up when they were bored and drunk on a Friday afternoon. And it turns out we could be in it this year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what goes through anybody's head to think a tier European <laughs> conversation. I mean, it, I mean do, you, do you remember the old Anglo-Italian cup? Yeah. Just somebody yeah. somebody dreamt up. <laughs> just, <laughs> just picked a random country in Europe. Well, you know, why, why couldn't it be the Anglo-German Cup? They just picked a random co- country and said, yeah, people will go for this competition. I mean, yeah. I, I, is this You've competition been better off actually making Scottish, money? You? Well, can, can, can if you've you got Anglo-Scottish, you've got these two Glasgow teams yeah. coming in. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was horrendous. If your life depended on it, you would never be able to tell anybody who won that trophy, would you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, a, it's, it's an amazing, dis- I can't, I'm guessing they're gonna. They think they are gonna make money out of it. They don't know yet, do they? Because this is this is the first year. But I, honestly, if we end, because I thought at least the silver lining then is, you know, you, you're gonna get players rested, got the other cups to think about, and and obviously then you know see where we are in the league. But if we end up in being in that, I mean, honestly, I can honestly say to tell you now, winning that would mean nothing at all to me. Nothing. Never you won a European that, trophy. That, <laughs> you say that, Tim, until we. Until we're seventeenth. <laughs> well, okay. Well, just to, if I tempt you, then if 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 you think you you might be interested in it, there's a a rather tasty looking venue for the final of Tirana in Albania. That's what you get. God. Even in Europe, <laughs> I mean, you know, for the first year that you might have thought they'd have said, "All right, look, you know, come on, we've got to tempt people a little bit. Let's let's do something like Barcelona or Madrid for the nah, stick <laughs> yeah. it in Albania." Anyway, that's that. We're, and, and I mention it because we've got Legia, haven't we? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is, a, this is a, now a really big game or, or not. <laughs> not um, <do> I. <laughs> you, you, you know, I mean, but, but on a number of... I mean, at what point At what point do we just have to down tools and go, look, it's all on the league because, because our, our opportunities to get a really good league finish... Are obviously starting to diminish by by the week. But anyway, look, let's 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 be positive. It's still in our hands. Yes, we've got to win both games, or um, so so obviously we've got to start with this one. So 
I think a winner, just on that killer, I think a winner, winning a draw will almost certainly do it. Yeah. Okay. Which is which? Which is. This is the this is the most trying trying to get a win. But you know, I mean, all I would say is maybe it is an opportunity for just some of those fringe players to get a game um, and work on the basis that if we do lose or if we don't win, then is it really the end of the world? Would we be better off putting our eggs more in the Anfield basket and get through the quarterfinal of the Caraboa and then mm. and then have better chance of of, of getting a result against? Sunday. I don't know, Tim. I'm I'm at that point of puzzlement in the season because it's it's disappointing and with so many players out of form, difficult to know which way to manoeuvre. Well, I thought about it the same way you thought about it and come to a slightly different conclusion about the league. I was sort of starting, you know, what what I don't want is is in some meaningless nonsense in Europe next year. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, let, let's be honest. I mean, it, the the league table could look pretty horrific after this weekend, but but. We're not going to get relegated. The other way of looking at it is the league's the league's gone. It's just going to dribble out into a something twelfth place, eighth place, depending on whether we get the, you know Fafana and Justin. By the way, a bit of good news around them. Look like their uh, comebacks are going to be sooner rather than later. So if we suddenly if we get them back, and you know to your point, we've hung around in the league, you'd bin this off, wouldn't you? But I mean, the other way of looking at it is the league the league is slipping away from anything we would consider as a decent achievement, and therefore. You know, this is a, a reasonable European competition. We want to give it a go. I guess we'll post-rationalise it, won't we, after the Warsaw game? Yeah, but what I would say is about the league. I think the league position, how we complete it, is important because I think that has such a bearing on the, on the transfer activity. You know, I think, I think a player would much rather join a top eight team than a team sort of plays 12th, 13th even with, you know, what's been happening recently. So I'm of the mind, I still think it is all about the league. I'll be perfectly honest with you. If you turn around to me now and said, I'll offer you seventh, but you get nothing in the three cups that you're in, I would take it. Yeah, okay. Well, let's see how that pans out, uh, Warsaw, in a couple of days' time. Come on and talk about Watford now, just Killer, just before we do that, just a reminder to listeners, uh, if you do want to join us in our... Christmas Christmas song that we're that we're putting together nominations for for great songs. Me, Norman Killer, will be putting together our songs in the way that we did for our Ian Acho FA Cup songs. They'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So if you want to throw one in, please send it. And our to... first submission, by the way, Tim, on that we have had a first submission, submission. Yes, and, and yeah, a very... we won't, uh, won't be revealing it just yet because obviously the um, <laughs> well put it put it this way. Audi, Audi haven't yet even got the Christmas trees up, so we'll yes. we'll wait until they're fully fully spruced up, and then we'll reveal our first submission. And excellent is it is as well. Thank you very much, Mark. And that's, let's just leave it at that. Fun, yeah, superb. So if you want to send any in, it's a Leicester City Pubcast at gmail.com as ever. Watford killer. So Claudio coming home. Yeah, and uh, you know he will obviously get a. Uh, Fine reception. But by the way, talking of reception, I just couldn't help but just sort of laugh on Saturday. I don't know about you, Tim. You know, uh, as the Chelsea team was getting uh, was getting uh, called out, obviously warm, warm applause and cheering for for Engolo Kante. Yeah, not quite the same for Ben Chilwell, was it? <laughs> I he think got, that was. I think that was the ty- that was the moment I was booing. And it's it's not so <laughs> fu- it's so funny, isn't it? That, you know, I mean, Kante. 
yeah, okay, he's you know part of the, part of the league title side, but you know you just just leave a club the right way, guys. It's not difficult, is it? Anyway, yeah, no, he got he, no. he, 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 but he oh, he didn't care, did he? So slung, slung it over for Rudy Rudiger to score, but yeah, that was quite amusing. gave us a, gave us a little something to smile about, didn't it? What do you think about Watford? I mean, I, this this you know you kind of think right. I'd had a little look at our running. I think I said last week or two weeks ago. Got the next run of games, Watford, Southampton, Villa, We've got Napoli then after that. Newcastle, Spurs, before Spurs, maybe Spurs are rejuvenated. That is a great little run of games for any team in any sort of form. Then you see the form that we continue to be in and then Watford thumped, thumped Man U, didn't they? And they, they did look good. Yeah, I mean, they're playing like a typical Ranieri team, really. I mean, they've gone spank... Um... Manchester United. They've gone spank Everton 2-5 at Goodison. And then yeah. they've had a couple of sort of like dodgy results when Southampton turned them over and beat them easily. You, so therefore, you don't quite know what you're going to get. One thing is for certain, massive banana skin. Claudio's going to be licking his lips. Well, he's going to get a massively warm reception and so he should. The guy is obviously a god, really, at Leicester City for all intents and purposes. Uh, but make no mistake about it, he will like nothing more than shaking Top's hand afterwards, having taken three points. It's a banana skin tip. Worried about it. <laughs> I am as well. But fortunately, as we come onto the predictor table, I have Norm's prediction with me. And before I do that, let me update you on the table. You, 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 you and I got. Uh, well, you went one, one, three, and I went nil two. So we both predicted Chelsea wins. We were, we were both nearly right. Norm, as you allude to, went two one Leicester for some strange reason. And have you noticed this season? It's not going quite so well for Norm, is it? What's that got to do with Leicester City not doing quite so well as well? I wonder exactly. Exactly. if there's a relationship. So the table as it stands: Killer on eight, Norm on nine. Me on 12 going into this week. And just to remind you, we give ourselves one point for the right result and three points for the precise score. Norm, shall I, I'll leave Norm's till the end, killer. I'll leave Norm's. Mm. So we'll, build up, we'll build up to Norm's prediction, which may, I won't be spoiling anything by saying, we'll at least put a bit of a silver lining to this slightly cloudy episode this evening. <laughs> but uh, what's, what's your view? Well, I think we're going to get a draw, which will which will leave us dissatisfied for two two. I'm going to be more pessimistic. I think we're going to lose and really put the cat right amongst the pigeons. I think we're going to lose two one. Fortunately, Norm has gone four one Leicester. The recovery Ooh, starts. Hope so. Hope so. I hope he's right. I really hope he's right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Cheers, Killer. Great to catch up in the, in the Foss Arms. Everybody, if you want to get in touch with us, it's Leicester City Pubcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed the Leicester City Pubcast, please subscribe and tell everyone about it. If you hated the Leicester City Pubcast, please keep it to yourselves. See you next week.